Jesus loved a good party. He featured parties in some of his stories. Jesus told the story of a wealthy man who planned a banquet, and when the VIPs refused to come, he sent his servants to the first century equivalents of back alleys, and homeless camps, and crack houses, and invited them all to the party. You might also remember that in Jesus' story about the prodigal son, the wandering young man's father threw a party when his boy came home. Furthermore, Jesus was vilified, berated for attending himself a party of sinners at Matthew's house. And Jesus' first miracle was at a party, a wedding party. I'm here in Fayetteville, near Fayetteville, Tennessee, at Notting Hill, a beautiful wedding venue. Imagine this place on a spring day, decorated for a wedding. Imagine the joy and the anticipation. Think about all the memories made here. I'm remembering July the 23rd, 1983. That's the day Carrie and I were married, back when my hair was dark and I had a really groovy mustache. Carrie hasn't changed. July 23rd was the hottest day of 1983 in Gadsden, Alabama. We remember that because the air conditioner broke in the fellowship hall of the 12th Street Baptist Church. That's where our wedding reception was. My mother-in-law was not happy. The heat didn't bother carrying me. I do remember sweating, but I thought that just came with being newly married. Why was my mother-in-law so frustrated with the air conditioning? Because she was the mother of the bride. She was the hostess for this crowd who'd come for the celebration. People had driven over from Anniston, my hometown, and all of my mother-in-law's friends were there. She wanted things to be perfect for her only daughter's wedding. When the AC went off, so did she. Which is not completely unlike what happened when, with Mary and the wedding in a little village not far from Nazareth called Cana. Mary, the mother of Jesus, wasn't the mother of the bride, but it does look like she had some role in hostessing for the, the event. Some have guessed that she was a relative of the bride, maybe an aunt or at least a close friend of the family. She seems somehow to have felt some responsibility for making sure everyone had a good time. For when the wine ran out, she was concerned. And she had enough authority to tell the helpers what to do. By that time, the party probably had been going on for days. A wedding in Jesus' time was a giant festival that would have lasted for up to a week. Some parents used all their life savings to show everyone a good time. Some of you are thinking, well, things haven't changed. When the cold air ran out at our wedding, my mother-in-law went looking for a minister, someone who could do something, anything to cool things off. When the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana, Mary went looking for Jesus. She wanted Jesus to do what she knew he could do. It's helpful here to remember that Mary knew who Jesus was. She knew his power. She knew his potential. So Mary said, Jesus, 
we're out of wine. Now, I'm not suggesting Mary simply wanted Jesus to show off, but Jesus had not demonstrated his divine power publicly, you know. And Mary had kept the secret for 30 years. For three decades, Mary had listened to other moms brag. My daughter won the spelling bee at Nazareth Elementary School. My son was just crowned homecoming king at Galilee High School. Don't you think Mary sometimes was tempted to proclaim, oh yeah, well my son is God, so how about that? Maybe. Anyway, Mary said to Jesus, the wine has run out. Jesus answered, why bring this to me? My time has not yet come. But then, right then, in that moment, Jesus discerned that Mary's request intersected with his father's timing and agenda. That, by the way, is when our prayers are answered, when our requests intersect with God's timing and agenda. Are you with me? That's when our prayers are answered, when our requests intersect with God's timing and agenda. This wedding was the occasion when Jesus decided to go public with his ministry. And, and so Jesus turned the real live water into real live wine, a far greater quality than they had known before. His first miracle. On a side note, this story is not an excuse to abuse alcohol. And I remember the story of a recovering alcoholic who was asked, do you believe Jesus really turned water into wine? The recovering alcoholic answered, I do. And in my home, he has turned wine into furniture, decent clothes, and food for my children. Of all Jesus' miracles, this one is the most interesting for me. I can understand why he'd heal a blind man, raise a little girl from the dead, and give a leper clear skin. But water to wine, it, it's a little confusing. At best, it's, it's underwhelming, right? If I had been Jesus, I would have started with something more substantial Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that was just the point. Maybe Jesus wants us to know he, he wants to make a difference even in the routine areas of our lives and not just the so-called big stuff. Or maybe it's about turning the, the ordinary into the extraordinary. Maybe about turning your everyday disappointments and hurts into opportunities for, I don't know, greatness. Of course, Jesus doesn't always turn the water into wine, meaning Jesus does not always rescue the party when it goes sour. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he did? When we run out of gas on a lonely road, wouldn't it be nice if Jesus would turn air into gasoline? When the MRI shows a spot somewhere, wouldn't it be nice if Jesus would change that bad report into a clean report the next time, confusing the technician and delighting us and our families. But he doesn't always turn the water into wine. The apostles' wine had run out, as it were. He had what he called a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what his difficulty was, but Paul pleaded with God, God, please take this from me. Instead, God answered, my grace 
My unconditional, undeserved, unlimited, unrelenting love is, is enough for you. Sometimes God turns water into wine. And sometimes he provides the grace to drink the water, no matter how bitter it is. Arguably, the, the high point of this story is when it's before Jesus turned the water into wine, before the miracle. Mary turned to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you to do. She didn't know what Jesus would do, but she knew that whatever Jesus did would be the right thing, and she trusted him completely. That is hope. That is faith. So, Jesus' first miracle was at a party. Tony Campolo, with whom I don't always agree, wrote a book I love titled, The Kingdom of God is a Party. The book begins with a story from Honolulu. The story's been told so often by so many, I kind of hate to tell it again, but it's so good. He was speaking in Honolulu, and because of the time difference between the East Coast where he lives and teaches and, and Hawaii, Campolo was wide awake at 3.30 in the morning and walked down to a nearby diner. While he was there, a group of prostitutes, apparently coming straight off the streets, came in. Suddenly, Campolo was surrounded by ladies of the evening. He overheard one of them, whom he had heard called Agnes, say, Tomorrow is my birthday. Another one of the ladies said, What do you want? You, you want me to get you a cake and sing happy birthday? Ease up, Agnes said. I'm just telling you it's my birthday. I've never had a birthday party in my whole life. Why should I have one now? Campolo registered those words. After the women had left, he asked the cook, Do they come in here every night? Yeah, the cook answered. Campolo said, Why do you say you and I throw a birthday party for Agnes right here tomorrow night? The crusty cook smiled. He called out to his wife who was in the back and told her Campolo's idea. She thought it was a great idea too. So Campolo came back at 2.30 the next morning and they decorated the diner complete with a cake that read, Happy Birthday, Agnes. The man and woman in the diner spread the word and all the other prostitutes got there early. Finally, in walked Agnes with her friend. When Agnes walked in, everyone shouted, Happy Birthday! She was already about to cry when they brought in the cake with the candles, and she lost it. Harry, the cook, said, Cut the cake, Agnes. Yo, Agnes, we all want some cake. But Agnes didn't want to cut it. She wanted to keep it. After all, she'd never had one before. Before it was all over, Campolo led in a prayer for Agnes, and when he finished, the cook found out Campolo is a minister. What kind of church do you belong to, Harry? The diner guy asked. I belong to a church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning, Campolo answered. Harry, the cook, didn't believe him. There's no church like that, Harry said. If there was... I'd join it. I'd join a church like that. Is Harry right in saying there's no church like that? Why, well, I hope not. I think that's the kind of church Jesus would enjoy and Jesus would want us to be. After all, that's, that's what he was like. 
Jesus extended grace to people with bad track records, and he didn't mind partying with them. Well, we're back where we started, a party. In the 19th chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we find a beautiful metaphor of heaven, a wedding reception. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, the Bible says. Come, the Bible says. You and I are invited to the party. And the beautiful thing is that the invitation is based on grace, not what we can bring to the party. If my mom were here, she'd say, you remember that time? And I do remember that time. That time when I was having a birthday party in my backyard at 200 East 30th Street in Anniston. Everybody was there except my friend Cindy. Cindy lived two doors down and during the party, she came out in her backyard, looked over and saw a bunch of us in my backyard. She ran over and said, I forgot the party. That's okay, my mom overheard me say. Go home and get your present and come on. Go get your present and come on. My mom never did let me live that down. Jesus doesn't demand that we bring anything to the party not a list of good works or letters of recommendation. He simply says, come to the party, just as you are. Jesus' invitation is, is based on grace. His, his invitation to the party is based on unconditional, undeserved, unlimited, unrelenting love, not on what we can bring. The invitation is simply to come, just, just come. Just as I am, an old gospel song says, I come. <laughs>